Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of Platform Enterprise, the show that platforms brilliance from all around the world. I'm your host Rachel Donald and this week is a very very special episode for Platform because it is our first ever video podcast. That's right, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or wherever, you can actually go and watch this conversation over on Satellite via uh, the link in the show notes or you can find all the links as well at www.platformenterprise.com. What is Satellite, I hear you wonder? Well, Satellite is the social network we finally deserve and co-founder Stuart Bauman joins me today to introduce you all to it. My interview with Stuart was the first time I'd ever come across Satellite and uh, immediately after finishing I created an account and I signed up to this decentralized uh, social network because I firmly believe it could be the answer to the monopolistic and autocratic social networks that we've so far been subjected to. Satellite is about returning the internet to what it was originally promised to be which was a site, uh, a space of equality and of opportunity and connection and diversity, um, which is something we don't often see online, either in discussions or in the corporations that manage 99% of the internet. For anyone who missed it, uh, about a week, a week and a half ago, a week, a week and a half ago, for anyone in for anyone that missed it, uh, about a week and a half ago, Facebook had a huge data leak, which saw over half a billion users' data being published online. That included phone numbers, email addresses, all that kind of things. Even people that had never had a Facebook account somehow had their phone numbers published online because they'd been linked up to somebody who had a Facebook account. Um and what's astonishing is that rather than take any responsibility for this, Facebook actually released a statement that managed to blame the users, us, for that data leak. Um, these guys are so powerful. They just, they, DGAF, um, they don't care at all, I feel, and many people are beginning to feel, um, about their users. So... I'm thrilled to introduce you to somebody who really, really cares about your security, about your privacy, and most importantly, about your security, about your privacy, and about the state of the world in general, and how the internet could be used to make things better or continue to make things worse. So go and watch this conversation on satellite to get a feel for how truly amazing this social network is and what it could do for all of us. Let's dive straight in with Stuart. Trying to make information accessible, uh -huh. trying to cut through some of the like utter chaos that is the online media landscape mm. at the moment, but I don't know. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, the accessibility thing, I think, is the hardest because like the online space that was meant to be kind of the, this great equalizer, you know, if you have um, an internet connection has essentially become every, like representative of every other sort of like neoliberal relationship under capitalism, which is if you have online capital or social capital, then you're going to get attention. Then your message is going to spread. 
and you're going to attract people who think like you and thus create this little echo chamber of you Absolutely. Know, the same shit going round and round and round. Yes. <laughs> I think you hit, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. It is funny how much neoliberalism has been like imported to the internet. <laughs> I mean, you know, for better or worse, <laughs> it is, you know, it's obviously it's it's a complex thing, you know. It's um I I sort of look at the internet as like or I don't know what's what there's a saying like this is you know just a meta comment on like looking at things but like you know they say like um all models are wrong but some are useful and I think that um I think that's like a saying from like physics or something I, I don't know where it is from but basically it's like the idea you know you can I think it's useful to look at the internet as being like a hyperscale expression of existing patterns um, that we have established in our society before the mid nineties, mm. which was kind of when the internet started and is like web 1.0. Right. So mm. we have a, we had a corporate structure that was more or less laid down in the mid seventies and it was a global financial system. So the global financial system was essentially the first internet. And this okay. is, this is the basis of like cyberpunk ideas where there's like massive corporations connected with a series of tubes and you're hacking <laughs> into them i'm inside the system you know like this cultural idea of like the system that spans borders and stuff and like mm. you know we, we we're all nostalgic for it now or whatever but it was the original expression of like a transnational control network and it you know it quickly became all dystopian or whatever but mm. but now we just think of that as like, oh, banks. And so you have something like the Panama Papers or whatever that comes out and they're like, oh, yeah, they're just doing what they're doing. That's been that way. Yeah. Right. So it's this shadowy world that we just go. Yeah, we've just kind of written it off because now to us, the Internet is, oh, it's computers. Well, computers mm. are just a technology that scaled that. So you still have information transfer. And of course, it's become democratized. And there was a brief moment in the 90s from about 1995 to about 2005 which more or less corresponds to the interval between web 1.0 and what we would call web 2.0 which was when sort of the like humans like the, the public uh you know the average democratic citizen was on the internet and they were like platformed you know so to speak in their own, like on their own, like everyone had their own website. It was this mm. weird, quirky place where you could set up a server and you could, you know, hack a little HTML page and you could have these little nascent online communities. And it was like, it was just due to the fact that the internet, when you added computers to it, expanded so rapidly, so fast that the, the import function that was attempting to import the functions, you know, the systems that were in society just couldn't keep up. And it just happened so quickly that that's where we that's where all our ideas, all our romantic idealistic ideas about the internet come from was that little window of time when it outran the financial system. <laughs> so right. I guess I'm just this is just like whatever, this is like again, a model, which is sufficiently wrong, but I think it's useful to think of it this way, right? So that is um so I guess the to close this little loop of what I'm talking about here is that Web 
in 2005, uh, not coincidentally, I think that's when Facebook started. And when Facebook started, okay. that, that heralded the end of the organic internet and the beginning of the, actually, it was kind of a return to normal. It was a return to something that looks closer to the global financial system that we think is so dystopian because it is kind of dystopian, except now instead of financial data, it's social data. So we're just, in, in my analogy, social platforms are just banks. They're just ba basically, no, they yeah. are because yeah, social okay. data is a kind of currency. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, you know, and, and it, it's telling that the two are convertible into each other. It's yeah. like from a theoretical standpoint, if you go, okay, so I can convert, you know, dollars to followers or euros, I suppose, if you're in Amsterdam, currency, fiat currency, um, or any kind of currency, really money to followers. I can just pay someone and, you know, you can drum up some support online or I can do the opposite. I can convert followers to money if I just, you know, um, am an influencer and I sell mm. a brand or whatever. So obviously, you know, the, per the conversion is not perfect. It's not like converting dollars to euros, but the fact that it, they're somewhat fungible, there, there's this somewhat, you know, tells you that functionally you can think of them as equivalent uh, you know, elements of like these models that have an analogy to each other and all the problems you see with banks are, you're going to see exactly the same problems manifest with social platforms where you have this asymmetrical accumulation of influence or money, right? Influence money. This is like space time. We need a new word to stick them together. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and just all of the injustice that flows out of that, whether or not anyone is even being evil. Like, I don't even think Mark Zuckerberg is evil. He's just Mark Zuckerberg and yeah, his totally. opera. He's the, the Zuck, you know, he's the Mark Zuckerberg 3000 robot <laughs> mystery, whatever. I don't, I don't even know the guy. I'm just saying his decisions are mainly guided by the prerogatives of his organization, which is entirely a neoliberal construction, whether yeah. he wants it to be or not. Yeah. It's not even up to him. So yeah. You have like, it's the system, it's the foundational architecture of the internet that is, it is inexorably forcing these platforms to behave like banks, because if they don't, they're not going to compete at scale. So this has been a long lead up, but this is basically what we're trying to do with satellite is nothing really crazy. Just make the internet like it used to be in 1995, like it was supposed to be, and just change the protocols of the internet so that it isn't profitable to behave like a bank or is at least on the level playing field but yeah all right all right let's get into it so right. why see you're talking about like the 70s and and the the global financial sort of network and institutions mm -hmm. um i'm reading david graber's book debt at the oh, moment that's a fantastic book isn't Sorry. it i'm just gonna isn't have it though yeah it's amazing. So I'm like thinking, I'm like, I don't know, like this goes back farther. You know, th this is about like Roman law and this is about how people um, realize that to keep their sort of debit, debit credit, system, credit system alive, they had to expand because they were just running out of things yes. to be able to debit and credit to each other. So it's this like we have to talk about, I think, to be brutally honest, we have to talk about the last sort of like, yeah, 5,000 years of human yes. civilization uh because it's not just a couple of decades that we need to undo 
Like there is a system in which we relate to each other or there is a way in which we relate to each other where we've gone terribly wrong. We took the wrong fork. We went left instead of right. Um, and so I'm, I want to, now you've read the book, so you know this. So therefore, why is it that, that you want to center the analogy around banks exactly? Um, I guess I think it's just a useful way of looking at it because with satellite, like I find it's very difficult sometimes to explain explain it from like a cryptocurrency standpoint, and it can also be like a little bit scares people off because like <laughs> oh, there's this, this magic internet money, like am I gonna get scammed? <laughs> well, I, and I, you know, I'm like like you're being scammed now. <laughs> like you 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 actually you should be happy that you have a digital. Uh, you know, you have you could be the ability to digitally sign everything that you post because that's kind of like the social data equivalent of um, owning your own property. You know, to, I mean, I guess to make reference to uh, Graeber's book, you know, like one of the main themes was that that I, or one of, I should put, maybe not a theme, but one of the main things that I was really that kind of impressed me was that. Um, this credit bubble thing is is has been around for thousands of years, mm. and you know, like you were saying, five thousand years ago, we were dealing with like peasant revolutions that were the results of like a lack of uh, liquidity in the people who loaned things, and so you know, if you are if you have a phenomenon that spans empires, like okay, the ancient Chinese and the ancient Romans knew as little about each other as we currently yeah. know about the people who lived in the 1800s. And so it's like, yeah, yeah it, this pattern is definitely beyond the ability of, I think, like national policymakers to quick fix it with, you know, like, I don't know yeah. what they're trying to do now with quantitative easing. And I mean that literally, I actually don't know. I have no idea. I wish <laughs> I knew. I don't even know I, what it, that is. <laughs> like, uh, you know, stimulus basically like oh, okay like oh you know we're running, we're just gonna inject you know trillions of dollars like here's the thing maybe it's a good idea i have no clue mm. i actually don't know but one thing i do feel fairly certain about is that they don't know either mm. like i'm not sure anyone really knows what yeah. is the consequence of doing that i mean maybe that would almost be the optimistic case is if they don't know the, you know, the, the cynical conspiratorial case is like, oh, they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> no, but I don't really know. That's kind of like, uh, you know, neither here nor there, as they say. Yeah. I, I think it's it's the more broader, interesting thing is that we're dealing with this pattern where we just don't, as humans, like we don't know how to manage massive collaborative data sets that are the product of like many, many people working together. And that's what... I think it's sort of like it kind of makes sense to think of social data and and financial data like a financial system is a social data set. Yeah. It's so this this when you look in the past and you see this problem where you know we ran out of liquidity and next and now we have a peasant revolution that is actually a that's like the first like social network crisis that ha that happens in history. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like it's this abstract cataclysm where it's not like, you know, the barbarians are beating down the gates and we're all literally going to be killed. It's that 
the abstraction that we used collectively to manage the affairs between people who have tons of money and people who have very little uh, stopped working because it's like this system that we engineered, didn't understand what we were doing, and now there's this runaway positive feedback loop. And so the only thing to do is like, ah, burn it down real quick. We, 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 you know, which, you know, again, free, then it frees up the capital and leads to these periods of relative peace in the wake of these massive cataclysms. And uh, yeah, it's really just an age old, ex old expression of the idea of like, how do you fix something? Well, if you don't know what to do, turn it off again, turn it off and turn it on again. <laughs> but here's, yeah. but here's the problem. Okay. Well, when you're doing that to a government, it could be a little bit bloody. <laughs> like, like, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't have to just like periodically, oh, shut it off, turn it off, yeah. reboot the bank social construct that is, you know, organizing our society. Maybe, yeah. you know, I guess just maybe do it in a more sustainable way that contains like an off ramp or some sort of like, and, you know, this is just where I am very, very, very fascinated about the potential for decentralized networks to do this where like we can maybe just on a democratic basis find a way to agree that doesn't involve exposing ourselves to this massive liability where we're effectively building a giant tower of Jenga until yeah. the whole thing gets wobbly and then we have to like run away. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that. Definitely. Definitely. De yeah. No, it definitely makes sense because I mean, even like before there were civilizations big enough to have these like peasant revolts as Graeber writes, um, it, there were communities in which every couple of years a king would be like, right, well, it's uh, just going to wipe all the debts because yeah. the system's broken. So yeah, the, the, ju the ju Jubilee, I think, was, was that was like what the year of Jubilee was, right? I, I honestly can't remember, but maybe. Oh. But it's just, it's that system yeah. of like, yeah, this, we have to keep resetting because it gets too tangled up essentially. Right. Which is, but we should get onto satellite then. Tell me what exactly, like, if the system, the system is, you know, the Jenga tower is now um, starting to, to wobble or at least has been even for a couple of decades. Um, so what is satellite addressing? Because I mean, your proposition is like, you know, a platformless social media or a platformless yeah. network, right. decentralized, like, yeah, go. <laughs> it's fascinating. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's, uh, it's going to sound mundane compared to like <laughs> this whole idea of like peasant revolts and stuff, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's, um, it's just basically it's trying to solve two of the main issues that are kind of like expressions of this asymmetry in, in data ownership. And one of them, as I just said, is, is data ownership. It's basically uh, who owns the value that you're contributing when you participate in social media. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe 10 years ago, the question would have been like, what, what do you mean? It's just an app. I just post things and, you know, I keep in touch with my friends. Like, yeah, that's what Facebook was in 2005. You just, it was, the, it was really just a social network, right? Mm -hmm. It hadn't yet reached or like society hadn't evolved to the point where most people's lives are very much online and their personal and professional profiles are kind of like a huge part of their um, life. Like they have like economic value, they have social value. We're, you know, we're getting to the point where they have like, they're like politically important 
yes. you know, which is kind of disturbing, actually, yeah. the inter- how much like there's intersection now between social networks and political systems. And it feels unstable to us because it is unstable. But anyways, this idea of owning your data, um, I think, has been sort of undefined uh, up until like we, we don't really know, like, what does it mean to own your data? Like, does it mean you should be paid for it? Does it mean that you should get some of the ad revenue or does it mean, you know, and to me, what it means is basically that you have the right to define yourself in public and define who you are and, and build kind of like a virtual self in a way that can't just be um, like the rug can't just be like swept out from underneath you. And I want to be clear like this, I'm not necessarily referring to the idea of like deplatforming people for their political views, because that's a completely separate issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is more of like deplatforming people due to the economic incentives of the platform that is hosting your content. So I'm thinking about something like a YouTuber or a blogger or uh, a podcaster um, who has you know spent five years of their life building an audience, building a brand, uh, getting followers developing their skills and then they find one day that the platform's like you know we've decided to uh you know make it monetize your content and just throw ads on them um whether you like it or not it's like well you know so i didn't really sign up for this well you didn't really sign up for anything maybe you checked a box that was like 30 pages of legalese text who written you know even the lawyers who wrote that don't necessarily know what it means basically what it comes down to is that the platform is holding all the cards. So if you um, want to try to you know, make this analogy to Graver's book, um, it's essentially the relationship between feudal lords and peasants, mm-hmm. where the feudal lord is like, I got this big castle, okay, got these farms, you know, peasants, you guys can live here, um, you know, I'll protect you from the barbarians, and you can, uh, you know, uh, the barbarians in this case are like, the wild west internet you know where <laughs> nothing is organized so come to my come to my beautiful castle uh it's it, you know there's like all this um there's this fertile land you can till it and then you make it into a nice beautiful area you know like youtube is a cultural force now right youtube is part of global culture it is not something that is a private company even though it is it's also a global culture like I, yeah. I could go. I could go to Germany, or I could go to Japan, or I could go to like South Africa, or like every any corner of the world, and be like, "So, did you see that YouTube video?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, we did." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. That yeah. might be the thing we have in common, even if we don't yeah. even speak the same language. So, it's like almost too important of a thing to just let it be bound in the confines of like a website that hosts videos um but so i don't really want to get off track what i was saying about the um uh, data ownership thing but basically that's where i'm coming at it from is like like yes protecting the investment of like individual people who who are, who are doing something on platforms but also just like as a part of digital commons for everyone making the internet something that can't be that isn't subject to the age-old dynamics of feudal lords and peasants where as soon as you know the peasantry tills the land the feudal lords like hmm that's pretty nice that it's tilled up 
I could probably kick you guys out and then, uh, you know, rent this back to someone who is now willing to pay because it's nice because you made it all nice. Like, yeah. which is kind of what's happening now is that millions of people all over the world have contributed countless hours of their lives to making these, you know, global online collaborative social spaces that we call platforms interesting, you know, so interesting that we're all addicted to them, you know, and now they're selling access to it. It's like, mm. what? We built this place. What are you talking about? You know, like it's, it's the feudal lords coming to collect their taxes. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. They're like, all right, tribute. Pay up. <laughs> and, then, and if you don't, we'll kick you out and make up some reason like, oh, our terms changed because yeah. of something, something. Yeah. And it's not just like, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I live in California. So my examples of this is like YouTube, Facebook, but I suspect it's a global issue too. I have no idea what's going on in other countries with regard to this, but I imagine it's the same thing. It's it's a globe-spanning change in the way that culture is processed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of angling towards a pretty dystopian angle right now, I think, mm -hmm. where we're almost like losing the ability to talk to each other in an organic means. Um, I mean, like little things like you're doing are actually kind of cool because I think they recall the original internet, um, <laughs> but they're just not as visible. I call up my best mates on a weekly basis and bitch like the motherfucking algorithms. And this is why I decided to move to like this newsletter subscription-based thing. Cause like, I don't want to be dependent on any social network. I don't yeah. want to be dependent on any of them. I don't want to have to play by the rules. I don't want to have to spend half of my time creating content, which is just free labor. Like they don't pay me to make their site more interesting so that they can sell yeah. my data to advertisers. Like I'm so over it. And I think loads of people are over it also because it's just being like totally invaded by boomers. Um, <laughs> but we, but we have nowhere to go. We have, I hear so many people talk and we have nowhere to go. And in fact, we're having a crisis of the imagination, which is something I picked yeah. up um, from somebody else, like, which is why I really want to get into the details of satellite, because I think for so many of us, even though the Internet is, is just a baby, you know, we can't imagine it looking any other way than this kind of feudal neo feudal mirror of yeah. like representing our own lives. I like that's a good phrase. The neo feudal mirror. Wow. <laughs> copyright it no I'm kidding obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah okay so details of satellite that's a good, very good question um because does it mean like what you were talking about then that like I would have um uh, a profile or a key or a username that I could then log into YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and anything else with with my key um yes basically Wow. You so um, of course I have to say yes though with a little asterisk. I mm -hmm. don't know. I mean, it would be great if YouTube and Facebook and Instagram supported logging with satellite. I doubt that they will. But uh, <laughs> not if we keep trashing them like this. <laughs> yeah. No. You know what? They got bigger fish to fry, right? Um, yeah. No, it's uh, the next generation of platforms. I think is going to be completely interoperable. So you know, usually the way things work you know, in the cosmos is they just, they're born and then they die. And then they're born, you know, it's just the cycle of rebirth. It's not like things don't usually fix themselves. I think that you just have generations of things that sort of grow out of the wreckage of the things that came before them. So mm -hmm. 
we're going to see a new, or we're currently seeing a new generation of social platforms that are starting to grow out of this, the soil that was laid down from the collapse of the existing platforms. And I think we're about five years into the collapse of the existing centralized platforms. Um, people are migrating away from them and yeah. they're looking for alternatives. And um, what we're trying to do with satellite is basically just um, make almost like a platform of platforms or a platformless social network that's going to help this generation of social platforms get started because building a decentralized social platform is very, very difficult. It's even harder than a regular social platform because, you know, normally with a regular social platform, you just go, okay, uh, sign up, put your email in. Okay. Now you're a user. Great. Everyone can do that. It takes five seconds. Well, with satellite, you have to uh, install MetaMask. Okay. Meta, you know, MetaMask is a uh, crypto wallet. It holds your private key, which is great because then you can digitally sign data and then okay. you can prove to anyone else that that data is yours because the, the key that signed the data is linked to your name because you've signed your name with that key and you've made like a public claim of identity that mathematically proves that you have, uh, you know, your saying this is my name so like my id on satellite is s bowman it's because i signed a little piece of data that says s bowman and there's a little digital signature next to it that with some fancy black magic math stuff you can decode it and be like oh yeah that we we know with absolute certainty that the person who's in possession of this key is the is the person who is linked to this name right so now any anything mm -hmm. else i sign with that key like posts, comments, whatever, uh, I can decode the signature and I can find, yeah, okay, so these are made by the same person. So that's the, that identity thing is the fundamental construct that's kind of at the core of satellite. And, can I, yeah. if, if I may, that seems particularly interesting for, for two reasons. Number one is the obvious, we're entering the era of like deep fake and people yeah. are going to be able yeah. to have to prove. And two, it seems to me that up until this proposition, if you wanted to keep your privacy on the internet, then you had to be completely anonymous. Right. There was no differentiation between pri privacy and anonymity. But here you're offering a way for, for people to yeah, take ownership of their data. You're, you can have complete privacy and trust over what you're doing online and you don't have to hide behind a VPN and a fake username and a picture of a frog right. or whatever. Yeah. Right? Because most usernames, um, you have to link to an email and email yeah. of course are, it's increasingly getting to the point where like they want you to like upload documents or something to prove that you're a person. And that's totally against the spirit of the internet. I think, yeah. um, internet is kind of like, it was this, it's been seen as this place. It's like this, magical realm where you can remake yourself or you can experiment with different identities and it's like this hopeful thing right um so yeah our satellite basically provides anonymity in the sense that it provides well actually more accurately it provides pseudonymity which mm. is you know so you're still a name right but that name doesn't have to be linked to your real name you in fact you can make right. as many names as you want you can generate as many keys and link them to as many names as you want. Um, it really wouldn't be useful because the incentives of the platform are set up such that 
it makes sense to accumulate your value towards a single name. And that's by design because we don't want people creating tons of bots to astroturf and upvote each other and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like I got sidetracked a little bit with regards Sorry, that, to that might have been me. But then how can uh, what would stop me from like claiming Trump? Uh, you could you could <laughs> you could claim Trump. I could go off. But then could I like pretend to be him? Yeah, but no one would believe you. I mean, <laughs> you could be Trump. I mean, I think it's like the idea is not really the name. That it's like, it's the, the value of a name, is what other people have vouched for. It, you you know anyone can claim anything they want. That's not a scarce resource. The mm. scarce resource is getting a public record of other people vouching for you. Um, mm. It's like basically accumulating reputation. Um, and that's, that's kind of like what stars are about in satellite is that like, okay. if you publish something, other people can star it. And every time they star it, um, they actually create a digital signature to create that star. So they're creating this public record that they use their key to star your thing. So they're publicly vouching for you, presumably being a real person. Uh, presumably being someone who said something good or at least interesting. Um, you're not a bot. You're not a fake account. You're not a bad person. You know, So mm -hmm. over time, this cumulative web of just people vouching for each other uh, is probably hopefully going to grow into something approximating what social networks looked like before the internet, which was just people who knew each other. Oh yeah, I know so and so. They know this person, and they know this person. How do I know this person isn't like totally going to rob me? Oh well, we all know them when we've had these interactions with them, you know, over time. Um, and I guess so. I got this idea originally from this website called Couchsurfing.com. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of that, but yeah, yeah it's 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 it was like this. It was like the perfect example of like. Um, what the internet could be in its most idealistic form where like, Oh, just a bunch of people uh, staying at each other's houses for free. Like mm -hmm. if anyone doesn't know what it is, basically couchsurfing is like um, you can create a profile and you can just host travelers, right? There's no money exchanged. It's, it's really great. Um, the question that naturally arises is like, okay, so if you're just going to allow someone to stay at your house, how do you know they're not going to kill you? How, you know, how, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the natural question, right? Yeah, And, you know, so helpfully, Couchsurfing has this rating system where, like, you can see reviews. Like, oh, 10 people previously stayed with this host and they didn't die. And they maybe they even had a nice time. They went out for drinks. Okay, great. <laughs> this looks great. So then you're like, oh, wait, but what if those 10 accounts are fake? What if, you know, okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll look at those 10 accounts. Um, okay, hmm. They also have 10 reviews. All right. Well, what if those people are fake? All right, I'm going to look at those people. Okay, so now I'm up to 100. Mm -hmm. Okay, what if those people are fake? Well, now I'm up to 1,000. See, it's just a power of 10 each time if you assume that each person has an on average 10 people vouching for each other. Mm -hmm. So the point is, is that there's this exponential function that makes it quite literally exponentially more difficult to fake being a real person as you go as a function of the degrees of separation. Okay. Or how, how deeply you look back in the tree of people who have recommended each other. So 
satellite, as I mentioned, has this mechanism for digital digital signatures that allows you to digitally sign a public statement of support in the form of starring someone, right? And then we have this algorithm that looks at all the people who've starred everyone and builds a kind of uh, metric around that where you look at a person who has received support from a, you know certain people and then it looks at the, the support that those people have received from people and it's looked at the looks at the support that those people have received from people and it compares them to see if that tree of support overlaps and if it overlaps too much it's like oh this is an echo chamber this is probably just a bunch of people upvoting each other to make it look like this person has support but if it spreads out and the deep roots of that tree don't touch each other well then that's what organic support looks like and so okay. but then know, if if the algorithm notes that this is an echo chamber do you action that uh, no it just it's just okay. is not as highly ranked we're not mm, we're not we're not okay. banning anyone it's just that this the score in like most online forums it's just the total number of upvotes yeah. that gets something at the top and that's really easy to fake because all you have to do is like on reddit for example is make like a thousand reddit accounts on a vpn and then have them all upvote each other and now you're at the top of the list and right. you know that's why reddit has become uh an astroturfing haven where <clears throat> it's just this kind of like sleazy underhanded way of manipulating people into making it, you know, make it look like certain ideas are popular when in reality it's just a people conducting a cynical campaign to create the impression that a bunch of people believe something. And it's completely unsustainable. And actually, I would even go as far as to say that it's dangerous <laughs> to have that mechanism in the world where anyone with enough money can make it look like people believe something. Uh, hello, that's, that's, U.S. politics. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know, right? It's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. And I guess, you know, when the whole Cambridge Analytica thing came out, people were like, oh, my God, this is so scary. And then eh, kind of forgot about it. It's like, yeah. no, it didn't go away just because that like that company is definitely the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you probably haven't heard about. Um, but that's basically what the whole idea of satellite is, is just make it to where every iota of social data is individually digitally signed by the person who created it so that if anyone's going to be conducting analysis on the data set to figure out who's real and who's not, uh, everyone has the ability to do that on a level playing field. And there isn't this information asymmetry in between the platforms who are holding these data sets, crunching them on, you know, with algorithms, 24 hours a day in the dark um, and everyone else who's just like logging in. I have no idea why my feed looks the way it does that, that, you know, that's a fundamentally undemocratic arrangement. Yeah. A democratic government would not be called democratic if it operated that way. Yeah. And, and plat social platforms have so much power, like allowing them to just, you know, organize information for us is, it's tremendously naive to think that that won't go wrong yeah. um, because then you're, you're creating essentially this single lever, lever of power that anyone who is Machiavellian enough to figure out how to pull that lever, they just pull that lever and then now populations are under their control. You know, So this is probably happening already on a micro scale in many ways. Like it definitely is. 
you know, it's not even some vast conspiracy. It's like just, it's a more, it's like thousands of mundane examples of this every day. Um, and as you said before, in the very beginning of this conversation, this is neoliberalism imported to the internet. It's like the technology that we developed for ads to influence people is now being used to influence people's politics, influence people's aesthetics. It's being used to dumb down our entire culture at large and turn everything into an Instagram filter reality where nothing is real and everything is hyperscale. And yeah. it, it, I don't know, it's this is getting off from maybe in the weeds a little bit. And I start thinking about the aesthetics of this, but it's, it's a pervasive influence, I think, of these algorithms. We don't realize how much we lose when we allow reality to be organized or culture to be organized for us by abstract mechanisms of neoliberalism. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So then how will satellite be organized? Because obviously I've been on looks a little bit. Oh, no, first of all, I should say like that, that, um, what did you say that that matrix that metric that you have of like the starring uh for anybody yeah. that hasn't been on satellite.earth yet pause the episode go and look at right, right now it's really brilliant it's all of these little dots of users connected it's it's amazing it's what you think when you think of the internet all these little you know souls essentially connected yeah. um but then on another bit it, it looks a little bit like reddit you know, you have like the posts and it, it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty simple organization where things come out. What is it? Is it chronologically? And then people can star it or. Um, yeah. Well, there's, two, there's two feeds. What, what, so you're, what you're saying, those dots connected, we call that the constellation. And that's oh, basically course. just a graph because yeah, of the space thing, right? <laughs> um, it's just a graph that shows the relationships between people. Um, and that's kind of. I love it. Yeah, Sorry, I think I it's a beautiful. I know I have to give a lot of credit, a lot of credit to Ryan, uh, my co-founder. Uh, that that constellation was it, that, like, yeah, he, he it looks cool. It was his idea, but it looks super great. Um, it uh, right now it's kind of an art piece because it's not super functional um, because you have to like fly around and find people and you you can't search for people. But we're adding like search functions and stuff to hopefully make it more of like an actual functional tool. Um, but for now, it just looks cool, <laughs> which is which is something, you know. Um, but the uh, the front page feed, uh, what you're referring to, um, that looks like Reddit. Uh, that, uh, yeah, has two, has two modes. Um, there's chronological, um, and then there's popular. And popular is sorted according to that algorithm I had described, where it, it's it's ranking the content by the diversity of support that is it has received, wow. as a, as opposed to like the naive sum you know? Yeah. It's really different, isn't it? Yeah. And we're going to have to tweak it a little bit. Like, I don't think that this algorithm is like a panacea that's going to like solve the problem of echo chambers forming. But I do think that the larger principle that the algorithm is transparent and open source and that like, if we don't do it correctly, someone else can do it better. I think that is, Actually, I think that is a panacea. Like that would solve problems if we could have like the social data sets that that are constructed by people be in the public domain to where everyone can download them and then everyone can figure out how to organize them and can actually kind of like compete on how 
and like be be accountable to the to their to the people who are using their platforms um, in terms of how they organize the data sets and people have an alternative and I, I guess that's that's kind of what the goal of of the satellite's architecture is 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 to make it to where um, social networks are platformless in a sense where the entire data set that represents the cumulative state of the social ecosystem is publicly available to people and can be forked. Um, forked. Yeah. So in open source software, uh, like it's a term that comes from open source software. So like you have something like uh, the Linux, like Linux, right? Linux is open source operating system and it's, um, but, you know, it was originally started by Linus Torvalds, who's this guy who's, um, he, he lives in Oregon now, but he's originally from Helsinki. Um, he started Linux back in like, I think it was like the late 80s or I don't know when he started, but he started building this open source operating system. And he's like, that's cool, but he's just like one guy. And then after a couple of years, people were like, oh, this is cool. I want to help. Okay. So I'm going to go, there wasn't GitHub at the time. There wasn't even Git. And if and there's any programmers, and this probably obviously I realize doesn't translate to a wide audience, but I'm just bringing it up because it's not a lot of people know that Git was created by Torvalds, but anyways, whatever. He started making Linux and then a bunch of people joined in over time and they sort of invented this way of collaborating to create this open source operating system that was the result of thousands of different people all over the world contributing little bits and working on it at the same time. And at some point, it got big enough to where people had disagreements about, well, I think we should add these features. Well, I want to make a version that's this way, or no, you're wrong. You're an idiot, you know, whatever. You know, they, there's all this conflict that inevitably arises when you have lots of people working together making something, right? And I think it's fine to recognize that, well, that's okay. The, the only problem is that when people have to agree. So the idea of forking a project is basically just like, okay, here's my version and here's your version, and we're just gonna start updating them differently. So that's what a fork is. First, they were mm. one chain of thing, and then, so you started off with just Linux, and now you have, this This forking has occurred so many times now, there are like, there's thousands of different types of Linux now. There's, you know, Arch Linux, there's Red Hat Linux, there's Ubuntu, there's Linux Mint, there's, Lin you know, Nor North Korea even has its own version of Linux. I'm not kidding, <laughs> I kid you not. It's great. Yeah, they can have it's it's really funny actually. It's called I don't know what it's called. I think it's called like Red Star Linux or something. But maybe that's just what people call it. I, I don't really know. But it's great because you can uh yeah, and so it, the value is preserved basically. Yeah. And so in all the forks, the original code is still there and then they just, you know, and some of them have died out because they were dumb. Some of them really were bad ideas. And people just stopped using them and then went to a different fork. And that's fine because it didn't bring down the whole system. Yeah. It just was an experiment that didn't work out. So then, you know, and that's, that's how nature works. That's yeah. how D that's how DNA works. DNA in a biological ecosystem is essentially a massively parallel iterative system. That's just trying a bunch of stuff to figure out what works. Yeah. And it's a bit, you know, it, sh it, it should clue us into the fact that maybe that's a good idea that 
biologically, you know, <laughs> these complex structures that have been around for billions of years, it's a good, it's a great system to, for yeah. not losing everything you've worked for is the ability to create a bunch of parallel iterations of it. Um, and that's what satellite, the satellite protocol is essentially, it's, it's explicitly designed to allow social data sets to be constructed like open source software. So could you yeah. define social data set very quickly? Um, sure. I would say a social data set, a social or, or social, social data sets are made of social data. And for me, I'm this, the definition of social data that I'm using is a piece of data that has obviously data can't be blank. Right. Um, and it has to have an author and it has to have an intention. Um, okay. it's basically saying it's basically who, what, and why. So for example, if I star one of your posts, is that, that's a piece of social data. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, cool. And sometimes the why can be implicit. It can just be, well, I just said something, you know, or maybe I followed you or maybe I blocked you or mm -hmm. maybe I, whatever. I just I interacted in some way with another person or with the public. I, it's a little grain of sand. It's a little iota of something that cumulatively constructs what we would recognize as a social ecosystem. Like, okay. you know, something like uh, weather is not social data because it doesn't have an author. It doesn't have, there's no intention behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, actually in the satellite framework, we have this little software module. We have we, all of this, this framework is open source. So people can build an app that works like satellite where, you know, like satellite is just a, is a publishing platform that like Reddit sort of, you can create posts, you can create comments, you can upload photos and stuff, but that is by far from the only, that's, that, that's not the only use case of this framework. You, you know, you could imagine uh, lots and lots and lots of different applications of the ability to construct a social data set in a way that could be forked and whose value could, could not be monopolized. Like you could have like a marketplace, you could have a decentralized clone of all the popular things that currently exist, like Uber, Amazon, Instagram, Yelp. Um, you know, like there's a lot of little, there's a lot of low hanging fruit on the internet that I think is really ready to be decentralized by the next generation of platforms that are like, okay, we know this internet thing is useful for doing X, but the way it's been done gives all the value towards the people who own the platform. So we're okay. just going to redo it in a way that still is useful, but comes with this built-in kind of insurance that if the users of this service start getting screwed over by the, by the administration, basically, they can be like, mm, we're going to make a fork. We're just going to, someone's going to take this social data set we're going to download it from BitTorrent and or IPFS, which is the two decentralized networks that Satellite publishes all of its data on, and just um, you know download the open source modules and start a new website. And if, if people are mad, then they can go to ours, and then they have all their reputation, their history, their interactions, everything just is there. But different leaders are in charge. <laughs> That's mental. You understand what I'm saying? 
that changes everything. It's just politics. It's democracy, essentially. Uh, yeah. Where does that exist? That changes everything. So if everybody... And everybody is, you know, pissed off with the fact that Facebook is essentially trying to control every single aspect of our lives and become the hub of the internet. People could be like, nah, I didn't sign up for this one. Uh, so we're just going to go back. We're going to um, take all this data and we're going to put it all over here. And okay, I know Facebook like probably wouldn't sign up um, to such course, a democratic thing. Of but... course they wouldn't, right. <laughs> you need platforms that are built from the ground up in a way that makes that possible okay and because i mean in, you could imagine that like yeah if if you started over if you started facebook you know like if if you wanted to start uh better facebook.com or like ethical facebook.com people are like oh this is great ethical facebook oh it's blank there's nothing here mm. so all the connections all I, I have all the my history everything is gone so even though i think regular facebook is you know, not what it used to be. I'm still going to keep using it because all the values built up there. Yeah. The value is not exportable. It's been siloed. Yeah. It's, yeah. And which is, of course, how they keep people on the platform. So, yeah, like what you're saying, people could move to a different platform. It wouldn't, it, the, the, the transition would obviously still not be automatic, but it would be a lot easier if your reputation, if everything was intact. And just the interface changed or just maybe the domain name. Maybe it looks exactly the same. Maybe the, just the domain name changed. Um, yeah. And uh, that's kind of like in the satellite protocol, we're having, there's this concept of a signer. And the person who is the signer uh, is another word for leader. It's basically the person who holds the key that signs the epochs of social data. And I'll have to explain what an epoch is. Yes. Um, I think this is maybe the critical element that I haven't talked about yet. But so I'm talking, to, so I've said like, basically we're trying to make the, the value exportable and forkable, right? So we have digital signatures, which are the mechanism by which the data is authenticated. It's the mechanism by which you know the data is real that it's not fake, that it hasn't been tampered with, and that it was created by the people who said they created it. Okay, that's one critical ingredient. And then the second critical ingredient for making it forkable is uh, just the ability to get the data, uh, right? Because if it's all sitting in a private database, I can't just go to like Facebook and be like, can you put this on a USB drive for me? <laughs> Thanks. Okay, I'm going to go, uh, bye. You know, like, <laughs> they're like, no. So... Um, with satellite, uh, we can even do, even do better than a USB drive. Uh, we can use uh, BitTorrent. Mm. Um, BitTorrent is, uh, you know, famously how people pirate movies. <laughs> it's like it hasn't been shut down yet in 20 years, even though people have been trying. You know, pe people have been downloading like Transformers and Game of Thrones for a long time. And it still exists. So mm. that is very illegal and it still exists. So mm. that sh should show you that it's a pretty resilient option for making the data just unscrubbable, like unerasable. And that's that's a feature, not a bug. You know, that's a good thing. We want the data to not, we don't want there to be anyone who has the power to unilaterally just flip over the board because they don't like the way things turned out. 
So we're, we're just putting all the data on a decentralized network to make it available as a kind of public insurance that all the people who've contributed to this data, the value can't just be erased. So right. if the data is authenticated, it's publicly, you don't, you don't need a third party to vouch for the fact that someone that, that, you know, that it's real and it's publicly available. Well, then that's all you need to be able to fork a data set. So you just, if you want to fork a satellite, you can make your own server you can download the epochs and then you can say, now I'm the leader. So if you think that I'm doing a better job, well then come to my website and then I'll be the one who signs the new epochs. Right. Um, and an epoch is basically just um, a bundle of social data. Like um, I just released one last night for satellite and it's basically just all the data that's been, con that's been constructed in the last week. Um, okay. It doesn't have to be every week. It could be every day. It could be every month. It could, you know, it depends on the use case and the volume of data or whatever. But it's basically just periodically you bundle and archive and sign all of the data that has been produced by the users of your platform who have explicitly vouched for the fact that you are the one in charge. Okay. And if they haven't done that, it's like you have to convince people to act like you deserve to be running the platform or which is another note you have to be accountable to them um, to, to put it in layman's terms right an epoch and I'm thinking of like you know my mom listens to these podcasts I'm thinking of like a way that she could understand it it would it's like taking a screenshot right like okay this is everything here and I'm gonna preserve it and I'm gonna keep it for later and then you can take it and you can do what you want with it um, yeah, I would say it's, yeah, basically, it's it's almost a screenshot. It's basically, it's all the new stuff. I, I think of it as like National Geographic. It's like, oh, another edition came in the mail. It's like there was January's issue and there's February's issue and there's March, right? So if you had all the issues from the beginning of time, you'd have a lot of issues, right? Um, and you could create a giant pile of magazines that collectively was called National Geographic, right? So that's like with satellite, if you have everything that happened in this week and everything that happened in this week and everything, you know, you can, yeah. anyone who has that data can iterate through all of the things that happened from the very, from the past, from when it started to the present moment. And then everyone will agree on the present state of the world. If so, basically, if you agree on the history, you agree on the present. That's the main, that's the main principle. And so we're just periodically regularly putting the history into the public domain so that we don't own it anymore and that pe other people Amazing. who want who want to take responsibility for and who think they can do a better job of managing and moderating the network uh, can do so and have the opportunity to prove that they can do so because you know it's it's one thing to be like to criticize something and it's another thing to actually do it better and it's just about giving people the opportunity to actually do it better because I don't think that I'm the best at, I mean, like, I'm just a programmer. I'm not a data scientist. I'm not, maybe there is someone mm. who could come up with a better algorithm. And if they do, uh, I'd be, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's, it's like the meta idea, the idea that everyone can, I mean, I, yeah, this is, this is an age old idea. It's basically what culture is. It's just culture. It's like a cumulative set of things that people agree on and are yeah. always trying to build more. And we're just basically trying to make the internet work in a way that is more amenable to the organic development of culture 
instead of having culture be compressed into the shape of a neoliberal uh, article. You know what I mean? Like yes. stamped like Ikea, like, oh, I went yeah. and bought a bowl. It's this little white round thing. It's exactly the same as every other one. It only cost me one, you know, a dollar, but it's soulless, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think we all intuitively perceive the kind of like violence that's happened to force our cultural aesthetics into the mold of something that is like shareable, viral, linkable. Like, like why does every uh, video on YouTube have a thumbnail that looks the same? What's with that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the little, it's like this reaction video format that the algorithm yeah. figured out is yeah. shareable. And it's like, um, yeah. yeah. I, I said, um, to my partner the other day, I was like, I'm too old for TikTok. But it, yeah. it's obviously, you know, I'm still still on Instagram because that's my generation's thing, even mm -hmm. though I hate it. And they have these reels now. And I was like, have you noticed there's like these videos of people and they stand in front of like it's a live video. And instead of talking, they dance and then they point at words that appear on the like I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, do they know it's a video that they could just talk? Like, since when did this become an effective and efficient, like, mode of communication? But that's what people want to yeah. see. So now everything that I see on that damn app just looks like that. And it drives me absolutely mad. Um, same, same with me. <laughs> I agree I just, with you. I don't, I feel so old when I criticize, like, what the damn kids, what are they up to? No, but yeah. it's, it's, it's true. Um, no, like, all apps are becoming the same. Yeah, they're all just like stealing features from each other, and like there's very little. It's like weirdly, for all the talk of diversity, we have as we have very little of it. Yeah, going around in the world right now. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why we're talking about it so much, is because we all like intuitively sense like, oh, this is becoming really homogenous, and yeah. we're just dying inside because we look at the past, and you know, we're we're from like this like you know incredibly postmodern perspective like it's like almost like post 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 postmodernism where we're just so paralyzed by this massive array of content that's suddenly been made available to us that we're just mining the past for new ideas we're just like quickly we're like going through all the la all the last decades of the world and being like what can we pull out of this heap of originality and resurrect to try to plug it into the current media system we have because the current media system doesn't really allow for much um kind of like coherent um like large the expression of large coherent complex ideas that don't that aren't somehow just a reference to something that existed before and, and that's that's the paralysis of postmodernism and our algorithms are locking us into that state. Like yeah. they're completely paralyzing cultural evolution to where all we can do is talk about talking about talking about talking about talking. And there isn't mm. enough silence or quiet to like think anything anymore. Um, I don't know. It's weird, I think, to connect this mushy concept to like the idea of like digital signatures, but. I believe there's a link there. I think there is this tenuous relationship between the idea that like if everyone can say everything all the time for no reason and it has zero meaning, 
then it's almost as if no one has said anything and we perceive it to be the same way. It's like this blankness. Let's let's go on a postmodern analysis then because that you're exactly right. Like, And in the media, like as media is evolving, even though our microphones are better and our screen resolution is better and all this stuff, we're not talking. Like this is the thing with, yeah. with TikTok and Reels, right? It's like it's the pointing at the screen yeah. or it's the voiceovers. Right. Where it's like, and you just, you just, you know, do the the mouth move. Why can't I think of the word? There's absolutely no, it's ugh, layers and layers. And even actually the concept of stitching on TikTok. Yeah. It's these layers of repetition as opposed to any original content. Yeah. Because we have now all of these connected platforms that allow us to talk to anyone and to say anything. And yet, but with all of that freedom, with all of that space, there's nothing left to say. Yeah, that's Maybe. that's beautifully put. I couldn't have said it better. That's, yeah, with all this space, there's nothing left to say. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, your words just diffuse into the infinite vacuum of nothingness because there's nothing for them to stick onto. Yeah, nothing for them to stick onto. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of what Satellite is trying to do is that we're just actually trying to bring some solidity to the like basically the community like, yeah like like allow like create a kind of permanence that is almost like the opposite of tiktok where you know it's not just this app that rewards like like oh look i'm making lunch i'm gonna do a little dance okay bye okay whatever maybe i'm un unfairly caricaturing what tiktok is i don't really know but i i feel like it's not something that is a really good format for like you know, creating value that is going to matter in 10 years? Well, or if I may, I think that permanence or, as you say, to stop your, your voice sliding off of anything, normally what records of history catch on to are people, our communities, it's mm. relationships, it's yeah. the record of writing things down. If you don't have a relationship with another human being, A, there's nothing to say, and B, there's, there's no reason to write any of it down. Yeah, And because social media is so hyper-individualized, we're essentially just layers, you know, it's an avalanche. We're all pebbles just bouncing off of each other. There is absolutely no cohesion. There is no generation yeah. of genuine relationship. Yeah, Whereas you're right. What, but what you're doing with this like digital key and the constellation and this algorithm that shows the diversity and the organic nature of support you're creating a net with which to yeah catch create culture again and build god build community online yeah I mean, that's what but, i'm getting from it yeah no that, that's exactly what it is it's basically trying to create the basic substrate the kind of like indestructible permanent infrastructure on which community can grow um yes. because like yeah, if I think like if we if we don't build a democracy on the internet, we're going to accidentally build totalitarianism. Yes. It, there's no, it's it's gonna happen. It's not like it's just we're all gonna forget about the internet and walk away. It's you know we've already seen like with cryptocurrency, the internet has expanded and it's beginning to subsume the financial system. How much longer is it going to be before it subsumes the political system? Maybe in some ways it already is starting to yeah like maybe the politicians of the futures future are going to be influencers now there's a they, were. It they are i know <laughs> i know that's a, that's a terrifying thought right 
I, I think that actually it's sort of inevitable, but maybe a way to think of it that's less terrifying is try to think of like, what if social media were in a way that the influencers that rose to the top like weren't the people who just knew how to shout the loudest at the echo chambers that they identified. Because that's what the algorithms reward currently is just, okay, got to find a big enough group of people, figure out what they believe, figure out what their button buttons are, and then just say all the right stuff. And then they agree with you. And now you have power. So you're creating like a situ- you know, a, a, a landscape that just rewards demagogues. You know, mm. and that's, a, you know, that's a problem as old as time. And you don't even have to get the majority of people to believe, you know, to agree with you. You only have to get maybe a third of them or a fourth of them. But like, you know, and people are just, I, I personally believe that like 99% of people in the world are actually like good people and they're just trying to live their lives yeah. and they don't have, you know, we're all we're we're, i mean i even count myself in this like we're all sitting ducks basically to being shouted at by these like hyperscale megaphones that tell us what to think what to believe and we're like now you know these days people spend so much time arguing about you know who are the good billionaires and who are the bad billionaires like oh we got jeff bezos in one corner and we got elon musk trying to save the world and like like what are we just like we're we is this like a sports event now? Like we've just been reduced to like cheering for different billionaires. Like what, you know, like, like it's, it's, it's sad. (laughs) Like we have power in our own, in our own life. Like we have power. Like we just forget that we do. Um, Yeah. We, we, but we're not going to be able to express that power if we allow it to be organized for us in a way that is just in line with the, um, you know, economic prerogatives optimistically the economic prerogatives probably it's now becoming more cynical and politicized but yeah like any sort of external prerogative that doesn't reflect like what we want to do as a community and the problem and the thing about communities is like maybe they don't know what they take a long time to figure out what they want to do like that's what i'm running into right now with satellite is that you know we, we launched like three weeks ago and it's been actually amazing to watch people posting all this like weird stuff like um, some really high quality stuff, some stuff that's just people just like typing like test, you know, some stuff is like wacky, some stuff is like zany. Like it's like this big menagerie of like weird shouting into the void stuff. And it's like, well, that's actually what that kind of awkwardness is what actual community looks like. So I'm kind of happy that it exists and I find it somewhat charming that it isn't a place that you just like, walk in and are like, oh yeah, this is what I expected. Like, okay, well, if I, I, that's, that's the YouTube front page. If I wanted to see more of yeah. the same, I'll just go on YouTube and it just like, there's an algorithm that does a really good job of showing me <laughs> a lo-fi video because I watched a lo-fi, you know, like, <laughs> like this is not helping me diversify my musical tastes. Like, God, like it's keeping me trapped. You know, like I just want to go on incognito mode and like listen to some other yeah. stuff. So yeah. Um, I was going with that. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I think it's such an amazing proposition. Um, I'm so glad that I had this opportunity to to speak with you to really hammer it out because I think as a total layman in tech, 
it can be really, really difficult to to understand a how bad it is, you know, how how really, really bad it is, uh, like Cambridge Analytica and all these things, and then b like I I don't have a framework with which to imagine a, a new thing or a different thing. Like maybe I could philosophize a little bit over a cup of coffee, but to have an expert sit down and say, no, this is the project. And this, like we've identified the issues and we're actually solving it and we're trying to build a community. It's such an amazing thing. And it is like that forking thing, that is a game changer. If people, if other kind of democratic citizens like yourself who are building new platforms and who are interested in recapturing that golden age of an equitable internet, if they're interested in, you know, and build, building that with you that'd be amazing i hope so who would you like to platform i don't know this person personally but if you could get an interview with them or their team uh the people who make beaker browser uh beaker browser it's like b-e-a-k-e-r browser it's basically like a peer-to-peer browser and um it's um you can create a little web page in it and it hosts the site that you make on its own. So you don't need a server. Um, I, I think it's really cool. Um, it's like something that I'm hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping to like integrate satellite with in the future. Um, like I said, it's maybe you can get an interview with these people. If you could, it'd be really cool to talk to them because they seem like they have a, like a similar mission. I think I was, I was thinking about this question uh, last night, like who, who should I platform? I think it's cool actually to recommend someone. It's a good idea. Cool. Um, um, I want to thank you for the opportunity to do this. Cause I think, I feel like, when I sit down to write something, sometimes it's like uh, I don't like. There's so much to talk about, but yeah. this this conversational format is is amazing for helping me kind of make sense of sometimes like how how to say things or whatever. So it's actually been a pleasure. I appreciate this it. This has been a huge pleasure. Oh my god, I've learned so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And you'll have to help me um, set up my satellite. ID key yeah, thing. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd actually like yeah. to come back on at some point down the road. It'd be fantastic. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much. Hands up if that blew your mind. Hmm? I can't see you, but I know you have your hand up. So before you go, if you're watching on satellite, sign up. Subscribe to me, ideally, and leave a comment. Let us know exactly what you thought of the conversation and what you think of the site. For those of you listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave the show a five-star rating and then leave a comment to let us know what you think. And then after you've done that, go and sign up for Satellite too. <laughs> Listen, if you sign up now, there is a very, very big chance that you could choose your first name as your username. I'm at Rachel on Satellite. At Rachel. I feel like Madonna or Rihanna or the queen <laughs> when was the last time you got to use your first name for anything online so quick go go and get it before somebody else takes it what are you waiting for for facebook to start selling our organs i don't know it could happen listen in all seriousness thank you so much for supporting the podcast and i hope to see you all again next week